Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Bruce Springsteen. Welcome. Merry Christmas. Very festive edition of Snarky we have going on here. Uh, I'm joined by my producer, as always, Nicole Lyons. Nicole, how you doing? How you feeling? You feeling the Christmas spirit? I am feeling the Christmas spirit. I'm not prepared. I don't have a hat over here, but... It's all right. We could have just lied and said you were, you know... Festively in a full dressed. Santa suit. Yes, I. Oh, I, I. feel like an elf suit would be more of a uh, appropriate thing because you're you're shorter. You're behind the scenes. You're like, but you're the reason that Christmas happens. If it wasn't for you making all the toys, there is no Santa to go around and get the glory. And that's kind of I feel like what what I'm doing here. You know. So you're Santa in this equation. Well, I'm wearing a Santa hat. Of course, I'm Santa. Who else would be Santa? I mean, I'm not just another elf. Otherwise, elf hat. But instead, Santa hat. So. <laughs> Santa, um, and we're drinking today a hot toddy. Boy, oh boy, this might be the first of many times, but how festive is this drink? We got, if you're not familiar with the hot toddy, what's in it? I'll tell you. We just got whiskey, hot water, lemon juice, a little lemon with cut with some clove in there, and uh, what did I say, honey? Did I say honey? That's in there. And a little cinnamon stick, just for, just for a little garnish. And I gotta tell you, it's it's a warm. Deli- I, I might take a nap in the middle of this podcast from it, but it feels healing. There's a huge Corona outbreak right now in New York. Bunch of people are sick. Uh, but I feel like Nicole said this earlier. This may prevent us from getting COVID. I thought that's where Nicole would say something, but I uh, I took the words right out of her mouth. I suppose. So off to a tough start. Let's let's talk about something right away. Uh, Mr. The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I, he just, I don't know if, you're, if you saw this, but he just got, he sold his whole music catalog. He's selling it for somewhere in the range of $500 million, which is hilarious. I mean, at this point, that's like a cartoonish amount of money, half a billion dollars for his songs. And now, Here's my problem with Bruce Springsteen. And let me preface this right the fuck now, okay? Bruce Springsteen, great musician, okay? We all love Thunder Road. He's fucking American, hoorah, come from nothing, blah, blah, blah. But he's not one of us, okay? And all of you people, mostly people from Jersey, who hold on to this Bruce Springsteen is an everyman notion, you're out of your mind. He hasn't been an everyman in like 55 years. You understand? Like he's been an, not an everyman. He's been an elite way longer than he's ever been an everyman. Just for his first album, he was an everyman. Then he just is like, I don't know if you've ever seen him in concert. His tickets are so expensive to see him in concert. Then he did his Broadway show, which were like quadruple the price. It was wildly expensive. Now he's selling it for half a billion dollars and people are like, good for you. Young Jersey boy makes good. It's like he's he's been worth. Nicole, look up Bruce Springsteen's net worth because whatever that is, is not even factoring the half a bill that he's about to get for this. I mean, he's got to be worth well over a billion dollars. If Jimmy Buffett's worth half a bill, he's got to be worth so much. Allegedly, Forbes claims it's 81 million. 81 million? This was from several years ago. Never mind. He is just a every man after all. He's one of us. I just, Bruce Springsteen, for some reason, he, he's got this lore about him where people are just like, he's just one of the guys. It's because he wears jeans. Is that what it is? Is it because he wears jeans? Remember his Super Bowl commercial? He was doing like a pickup truck. And he like acted like he was like tilling the land and like, you know, shearing sheep. And everyone was like, what the fuck is this? And then he, they immediately pulled it. I think that night because he's like, you get it. We all get it because I get it, you know? And it's like, Bruce, fucking take a hike, all right? Why don't you fucking be born to run the other direction? Um, and, and this brings me right into an issue I have, which is with the state of New Jersey. Um, most of you who live there are great people. But then there's the rest of you. And I don't know what it is about you, but you're fucking lunatic. Like, I I was doing a show yesterday in Jersey. And uh, first off, like, anytime the word Jersey or New Jersey gets said out in a public forum where other people are from Jersey, they will scream 
Jersey, that. Like, so I was on stage. I was like, oh, I'm not from New Jersey. I'm from, and before I could get it out, people went, woo, Jersey, Jersey. They just start screaming. Like, they're literally like groundhogs that you could be in fucking Kuala Lumpur, you know? And you just say, oh, yeah, I was, one time I was in New Jersey. People will come up from the ground, go, woo, Jersey, and then duck back underground and go to wherever they go back to their Bruce Springsteen fucking record that they're listening to, who's the everyman. And it's, so weird, and so I've never seen anybody have so much pride for a state that's so very meh, you know? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Nicole, I'm also realizing, is about to be a resident of New Jersey, so get ready for this, Nicole. Get ready for this Jersey pride you're about to experience. Are you, like, do you, are you gonna get an Italian flag tattoo right above, like, your, right below your collarbone? Um, I already have one, but nice. that's because my whole family is from Jersey, they grew up there. So I have a lot of experience with Jersey, especially like the Jersey Italian is a yeah. large part of my family. The Jersey Italian, I guess, is what I'm specifically talking about. Cause then I was also, I was, you know, the people who were going, woo, Jersey, all this other stuff. I started talking to them yesterday and at the show and they're like, they're so annoying and they're, and they're not like heckling, but they're just being, they're making their presence known, which is so annoying that at one point I said, they were in the back of the room and I said, you know, if the roof partially collapsed and just landed on your section of the room, I wouldn't rush to call the police. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, it wouldn't be, there was, a, they actually have a telephone, uh, like a, an old pay phone on the stage. And I was like, I, there's a phone right here. And I'd be like, let's wait, let's give it a few minutes to make sure they're not breathing and then we'll call the police because they're just, they're just, they're, they're animals. They're absolute animals. Then I'm talking to some other guy in the audience and he has a big linebacker looking body and everything. And I go, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a beekeeper. And which immediately like hurt my head where I had to be like, what? And, like I would have believed ballerina before I believed beekeeper. And so I start talking, I go, how long have you been a beekeeper? And he goes, 17 years. And I go, that's crazy. Like, were your parents beekeepers? And right then and there, I start to notice the wavering. He's starting to not be able to answer questions. So I go, oh, this guy's fucking with me, which is a classic thing that Jersey people love to do where they're like, and, and this doesn't go just for Jersey. This is anybody that goes to a comedy show. If a comedian asks you what you do, who you're with, all that kind of stuff. Trust us. Fucking trust us. You don't have to try to be funny. You don't. You don't have to be funny. We will make it funny. That is our job. That is what we're good at. It is not the job that you get paid to do. Don't worry about trying to be funny and making up a fake occupation and being like, this is my lover, when really it's like your best guy friend you grew up with. That's hilarious for you and the guys. Not really much for anybody else. So, of course, I pick up on this dude lying. So he's with a girl. And I go, uh, and I go, are you with him? And she goes, yeah. And I go, is he really a beekeeper? Don't lie to me. And this was her exact face once I said that. Because he looked at her like, say the right thing, say the right thing. And this is, the if people who are audio listeners, you're not going to fully get it. But this was her face. She went, she literally short-circuited as a person. She started going like, like she was trying to lie, but she obviously was a good person and couldn't bring herself to do it with that much pressure on her and because I told her to tell the truth. So she just started like blinking both eyes and her mouth was moving and I I had said that she short-circuited and then she started, and then like the whole room started laughing at her and then I had to just move on because fucking Jersey, man. I don't know what it is. It's your fucking, your, your Jersey pride and your Bruce Springsteen love that I just can't get past Billy Joel all day. Um, but it's, uh, it's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. And while we're, while we're talking about, you know, people saying stuff and inflammatory things, we have to do, Nicole, a little bit of a whoops segment. Whoops. So let's do a quick whoops because last week I talked about uh, it was a real, real hot button issue. I talked about if you had cancer, that you should. I said you should take all your friends out to a steak dinner, because then once you tell them you have cancer, they won't let you pay, and you'll get a free steak dinner. Now, obviously, as time has passed, I have grown and I have. Uh, I apologize because I was wrong, 
And I've taken the time to listen and to grow. So um, here's what here's what I would say to this. I fucked up because I said that you should take all your friends out and then make them pay and then you get a free dinner. But what I, what I should have said was, and this is a much better idea, you have to take all of your friends out one by one to a steak dinner. That way you get as many free steak dinners as you have friends. I mean, that that's the scam. I, I was just going for a big score, one and done. Why am I getting one free steak? You can get like 20 free steaks. Take a, take a friend from middle school out that you haven't seen in a while. Take them to Lugers. Dude, you're getting steaks for weeks. Just free steak after free steak. They'll know you. As you make the reservations, they're like, cancer boy, come on in, get in here. Cancer Chrissy, go sit at the table. We got your fucking steak for two coming out right now. And that's the way to do it. So I just want to sincerely apologize to everybody who uh, who might have thought that, uh, you know, I said something insensitive because, again, I, I didn't mean to be insensitive about only getting one free steak dinner. It should be many. In the cold, that's the better scam, right? No, that's genius. I mean, that's the move. I thought about it right after we recorded it. I'm like, God damn it, I'm, I have to learn. I have to learn. From, sometimes you have to think before you speak. And now I will learn to do, I promise to do that in the future for all of you. So this is your official Make-A-Wish? This is my, I mean, I, it's not even going to be a make, my make a wish I will have to use on like something big. Like I, I think what I would do is I would be like, let me throw out the first pitch in the World Series or something. And then I would like try to throw a pitch and slip and fall like on purpose and like take a dive and get really, you know, seem like I'm really hurt and people will be half laughing Half like we can't laugh at the terminally ill cancer guy. Like this is, a, we're pieces of shit. But then I do, like I want them to like legitimately put me on like a stretcher. You know what I mean? Where I'm like got the neck brace on and they can't move me. And as they're walking me off the stage, I like off the field, I have the ball in my hand and I just kind of like let it go next to me and it falls and then everybody claps and then I get backstage and I'm like Andy Kaufman, I rip the fucking neck brace off and I go, that was so good, which is not anything like Andy Kaufman sounds like, but that's my version of an Andy Kaufman guy. So that's gonna be my make a wish. So if, um, not even if, when, when the cancer strikes, uh, look out for me in the World Series. Cause they said, I read a study that said every single man, if they live long enough, will get prostate cancer. Did you know that, Nicole? Why? We're just, you know, we're, we're riddled. We're riddled with, well, because it's like my grandfather had prostate cancer for like 20 something years. Prostate cancer is like the most, I think one of the most survivable, besides skin cancer, it's like one of the most survivable forms of cancer. So you can live with it for a while, but uh, it's, gonna, it's coming. It's going to get you. It's going to get you. It's going to get us all. So, you know, that takes our minds off of uh, the raging COVID cases, right? Isn't that fun? Don't worry about COVID. It's cancer. That's what you got to worry about. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, it's fun to talk about all these things with a big Santa hat on, you know? Um, so that's fun. So let's just mark that. And uh, I, I, you know, it was, it was my birthday this past weekend. I had to get into the Seattle trip because that was wild. But I do want to say this. It finally happened, Nicole. Maybe it's because I, it, I just turned another year older, but it finally happened. I was on the Oculus, and I was playing that bar fight game that I showed you, and you got suspiciously invested in, and you like got into form and were doing rabbit punches and stuff. I was on there, and you could play with other people, and I was playing with someone, and I spoke, and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And some child told me that I sounded 50 years old and it I, I'd be lying if it didn't hurt, you know, because <laughs> here I am just trying to have fun in the virtual world. And some kids like, dude, are you like 50? Like I was I was so, so upset that I had to be like, I was like, no, I'm not. It's just because I found out Santa wasn't real and I'm very upset about it. And he was like, yeah, right. And then I, you could hear, you know when you could hear someone like taking off their headset? Like I, I, he literally went, yeah, right. And then I heard him taking it off and he goes, Bob. Like he was obviously like gonna like go confront his mom. So I think I ruined Santa for that kid. But fuck you, little kid, for saying I sound 50. I'm a early side of 30s, okay? I'm doing, I'm doing, you know? I don't fucking need your 
condescending childlike whimsy judging me. Get out of here. So that's that, you know, ruin Santa for a kid. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, and another thing I'll say, did, look, did I talk about Long Island iced teas on this show? No. There was, I went to a comedy club and uh, I saw before I was going to the bar, they were making like a tray full of Long Island iced teas for people. And the, like, that's a sign of a bad of a bad night. You know, if you're a comedian, you're like, God damn it. Like, it takes a certain type of person to order a Long Island iced tea. And here's what I figured out. I think you get from age 21 to 27. By 26, on your 27th birthday, that's it. You, you get those six years to have Long Island iced teas. After that, you're fucking done. If there's anybody that you meet that drinks Long Island iced teas over the age of 27, run. Run from them because they are psychotic. They, they are, they're ludicrous. I guarantee they're nuts, okay? If you're on a date with somebody and they're 30 and you go out and you go, oh, you, you look beautiful tonight. Oh, thank you so much. You look very handsome. Great, I'm excited to meet you and talk about you. We have so much in common. And then you go, I'll have a vodka soda. And they go, I'll have a Long Island iced tea. You go... Have a nice life. And then you push the chair out, you stand up, and you get the hell out of there because they will key your car. That is the exact person who keys someone's car. That's the woman that's drinking a Long Island iced tea at 30. And I'm not just saying it just about women. Conversely, if, you, if you're with a guy who's at 30 drinking Long Island iced teas, that is a man who will put his head through a window while he's angry at you and to show you how mad he is. It'll come fucking, you know, head first and have blood gushing down his head. Get away. Get away from anybody who drinks a Long Island iced tea after 27. It's a huge, it should be a, bit, a bigger red flag than if you met somebody at 30 and they're like, I've been divorced six times. That would be, I would give them more of a shot than somebody drinking a Long Island iced tea at 30. So um, that's, you know, that's my thoughts on people with Long Island iced teas. And now... We go back and we talk about Seattle, huh? This is such a delicious drink. I'm like, I feel like I'm enjoying it more as it's cooling off, you know? It's really good. I just did like the Mike and Brendan closing eyes eating the white fudge Oreos like <laughs> while drinking it because it's just so nice. It's like soothing. Like it feels, it feel, it, like I said, it feels healing. I, I do feel as though I am healing as I'm doing it. But um, speaking of drinking... Uh, it took until yesterday at around four for my body to fully recover from the weekend that was Seattle. Uh, let's just talk about it. I, I was going, Friday was my birthday, so I'm doing shows, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Made a dumb, dumb mistake of not flying in Thursday night and having a day there to like, you know, get over the jet lag and all that stuff. But instead, I fly out that morning and we're in the airport. And we immediately are like, we got it. We got a little time to kill. Let's go to the bar. So we get a Bloody Mary. The flight's delayed a little bit. We get a second Bloody Mary. And now at the airport, there is a guy who is, I mean, again, ticket. it's like 7.30, 8 in the morning. There's a guy who is hammered, middle-aged guy, hammered. And he's talking to a bunch of like Long Island middle-aged women who are also drinking. And their conversation was... This is this is one of the lines. They were right next to me. This is one of the lines uh, I heard. Um, Seinfeld. Oh my god, I love Seinfeld. That's such a funny show. Do you watch it? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever? What year is it that you've never like? Why are we talking about stuff? And then he saw somebody else in a Dunder Mifflin shirt, and he goes, "Dunder Mifflin. That's from The Office. That's a really. That's another really really funny show. Have you watched it? I think you'd really enjoy. It. And you're like, who is this guy? recommending the most seen television shows of all time and asking people as if it's his little secret, you know? As if it's his little, like, oh my God. I watch this animated show. It's so weird because they're like, they're skin, they're not even, they're like yellow. It's it, The Simpsons. I know, it's a weird name. If you want to write it down, Simpsons. And then it's like, they have a, I think they have like a bunch of seasons now. You should, you should find, I think it's on Fox. 
you'd enjoy it. I think you'd really enjoy it. Like I've never, and meanwhile, these women are like, oh yeah, that could be, a th I'll have to check that. It was, it was blowing my mind where you just want to ring someone by the fucking, you just grab their shirt and go, what are you talking about? Talk about something more interesting, you know? Besides that, we all know The Office is funny. We all know Seinfeld's funny. What are we doing? I don't know why that bothered me so much, but it did. So maybe it's, maybe I'm, you know, being an asshole. Maybe the guy has been in a coma for 20 years and just came out today and was like, this new show, The Office, now that Seinfeld just ended, you're going to love it. Like, you know, I don't know what it is, but it really, um, it upset me. So we get on the plane. And we upgraded because I was like, you know, it's a birthday. Why not? Let's let's fucking do it. Let's do it up. So we got just, you know, seat 1A, you know, jet blue. We got the big we got the big bulkhead room, which is nice. First one on the plane. Don't have to worry about anything. And in JetBlue, you can type in like when you sign into your account to watch TV, they know it's your birthday. So they're like, happy birthday. Get a free drink on us. I'm like, awesome. So Eric and I are like two champagnes. So we start drinking the champagne. We're having a good time. We're flying. I then, I think, passed out because there was a, somebody, oh. God damn Sorry about that, folks. Uh, my dog turned into a devil beast and was trying to, I guess, kill everything for a second there. He heard another dog barking and got very upset, but we're back. So, uh, like I said, I'm on the, 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 the plane, they broke something on the plane. There was like the thing that tows the plane out that snapped. So we were just sitting on the run, uh, sitting like waiting on the runway for it to get fixed. And again, I had already had two Bloody Marys and a champagne. I'm on a little sleep. It's 8 a.m. So I just passed out. I mean, I legitimately don't remember going to sleep. I remember putting my head against the thing like quietly for a second. And then I woke up and we had been in the air for quite some time. So, um, so I wake up and now I'm charged, ready to go. So we are like, let's have another round of champagne. That comes, we start drinking that. And the guy is like, I'll get you at the end. Like, don't worry about it. So we're like, okay, cool. So then we get a third round of drinks. And the guy, love this guy, love JetBlue, never, ever charged us. And I'm like, what a guy. What a fucking guy, this guy. You know, it's like, he knew it was a birthday. He doesn't care. It was the lightest, like, lightly attended flight I've ever been on, I think. It was, there was 63 people, they said, on the entire plane. I think this plane holds, like, 250 or something crazy like that. So there was just no, there was nobody on this plane. It was great. We got drunk. And then we get to the airport, and Erica, just like the goddamn awesome wife that she is for our, for my birthday, organizes a private like pickup from the airport in a nice like Cadillac fucking car so we get picked up right from the airport we go to this hotel we're staying in this awesome downtown hotel we check in to the hotel and there's a bottle of Dom Perignon waiting for us 2008 mind you bottle waiting for us that Erica had ordered for the thing and they decorated the room and it said happy birthday it was a really a nice, beautiful surprise. And uh, again, that's really, women really go above and beyond. I would have never thought, I'd just be like, I'll just pay for the lift and that'll be, you know, enough and I'll buy her a few drinks. I wouldn't think, no, a private transfer where someone's holding your name and waiting for you and they got the little chauffeur hat. What a, it really, it's a, it's a gift. It adds to the experience. Have you ever had one of those, Nicole? Um, I don't know. I have to think about it. I'm just so touched by that story. I'm a little lost right, right? now. Right? I know. Doesn't it make you want to like, do something good for your boyfriend for Christmas? Yeah, I love doing stuff like that. I think that, like, I am weird about receiving gifts, but I really love giving gifts to people. And it's not that I'm, like, super creative, but I like to, like, go out all out with it because it's nice yes. to see how happy they get. Yeah, and and here's the thing, too. And that was, a, that was an awesome moment. And we were like, you know, we go around. We had some time to kill. We go to Pike Place, and we're, like, going around there. We had some amazing, just all weekend, amazing seafood. And um, the homeless in Seattle. I mean, you, you're not even trying to hide them, are you? They are prevalent. I mean, so much so, I, it makes New York City look like a wonderland. I've never seen, it's on the level of like San Francisco and Austin with the homeless. And here's the funny part is like, I didn't realize 
that they allow them to just build these, you know, like tent cities. They're just tents all over the place and stuff. We're coming from the airport in this Cadillac and I was like right next to the highway. I'm seeing just hundreds of tents. And I just say to the guy, like, earnestly, I just said to him, I was like, man, people really love camping in Seattle, huh? And he was like, what? No, no, those are the, those are the homeless. I was like, ah, that makes more sense. I was like, cause that's, that'd be a weird place to choose to camp, you know, where they're like literally on the side of an eight lane highway. I'm like, you probably could find a better place, but there are a lot of trees. So that's kind of cool. Maybe that's why they're doing it. But there was just homeless. I was like, also, how are the homeless affording tents? Tents are kind of expensive, you know? Like, you, you could put some tent money in towards something else. I don't know. More on that later. But uh, some of the homeless, wildly aggressive uh, in there. And, you know, a lot of them, and that's the problem, you know, with with the a lot of the people who are homeless across America is that a lot of them are not just, like, people who are falling on hard times. A lot of them are, like, mentally unwell individuals that need, like, psychiatric help. And they don't get it, and they're just left to kind of wander the universe, which is, you know, terrifying and terrible, and, you know, it's a tragedy and stuff. But it's like, you know, you never know which kind of aggressive homeless you're going to get, because some of them are just very friendly, but they're, like, coming at you with that kind of energy, and others don't say anything, and then they stab you. So we were walking down Pike Place, and this guy walked up to Erica and I, and here's what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to listen to the homeless, because... Even if they're talking in nonsense words, they can kind of be a little poetic. Like this guy came up to Erica and stopped in front of her and said, I'm going to read this. There is a thousand fireflies all around you right now, and they're as beautiful as your energy is. And I was like, Erica and I both were so touched. We we're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. That was that's so nice of you. Like, get away from me. But thank you so much. You know, like. And then he just was like, your aura, everything is great. It's a great, beautiful place if you think about the purple block. And you're like, what was the last part? You know, like it starts to unravel if you ask two or three follow-up questions. You gotta quickly just like take it and get out of there. But um, there were there were a lot of a lot of home. It was it was pretty wild. And so, which is also crazy because I went out of my way during these shows all weekend to talk to people in Seattle. Because Seattle kind of has this, you know, pretense of being like a snooty stuck up Frasier type, you know, uh, people. I'm not kidding. If I talk to a hundred people over the weekend during shows, 97 of them were software engineers, uh, you know, tech company startups, uh, data analysts, uh, hedge fund. They're all like Google's there and uh, Amazon's there. All these companies are there. It's basically like another Silicon Valley, which is crazy because all these people are making so much money. And I'm like, if you fucks just gave 1% of your yearly paycheck to, you would solve the home. You could build a high rise tower for all of the homeless in like five major cities to live in. But instead, you're just letting them live in tents while you guys drive fucking, you know, Teslas that drive themselves to the show. It's a real have and have not situation in Seattle. But, you know, I understand people, which also you'd think like all these people, Seattle, that was like the place they like took over part of the town and they're like the most liberal type of city. And meanwhile, they all make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year at our fucking, you know, not helping the homeless. It's a very, it's a very strange juxtaposition they have going on there. Much like San Francisco. So, um, we go, there's a steam room, there's a sauna, do all that. Just having myself a great birthday. We go do the first show. Killer. Just packed. Absolutely great. Great. You love a good first show of the weekend to be packed. That really kind of sets the tone. You want the first show and the last show. Uh, those are always the one. Leave the taste in your mouth. Start the taste in your mouth, I guess. Um, so that's second show we do. Um, smaller, much smaller, uh, but mighty. They were a great, they were a great group where you were like, I fucking love, they were happy, they were fun, they loved all the kind of material, they liked being fucked with. It was a great, it was a great time. So that first night at Laughs, fantastic. Um, then we decide we're gonna go out because we, it's not late enough. You know, we've been up for like 20 hours at this point. We're like, let's go to a cocktail bar. And I'm also drinking at the club too. So it's just, it is just all rolling into one thing. We decided to go to this Christmas themed bar where all of like, there's all presents all around and they play nothing but Christmas music. It's all Christmas themed. And we go there. It's pouring rain, by the way, because Seattle. So we, it's pouring rain. And this guy, we go to swing open the door to walk into this place. Not even a bouncer, because he was like smaller than me, like pushes us out. 
And he goes, I need to check your vaccine cards. And we're like, cool, but also torrential downpouring. So can we take one step into the building and then show you to you in there? And he's like, nope, has to be outside. And Erica and I immediately, like our New York anger starts to come out where we go. Erica's like, well, I have a physical vaccine card and it can't get wet. So I'm not doing that uh, and let me in. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? We're back. Just I'll show you the picture here. Let us in. And the guy's like, no. So he wouldn't let us do it. So he like opened an umbrella or something for us to show it to him. Then we show it to him and he goes, great. Uh, you guys are next. We'll let you know. It wants us to stand in the rate, which we're like, nope, fuck you. We're leaving. And also we could see it's like it wasn't that busy in there. Right. So we were underneath an over an overhang of like an awning. And we're literally looking up other bars to go to. We go, yeah, fuck this place. Let's leave. And so we go to leave. And right as we're walking away, they go, Mike, all right, we can bring you in now. So we're like, all right, let's just fucking see where it is. So we, we go inside there. It's nice. You know, it's a nice ambiance or whatever. Actually, it's not that nice. The, the physical location is nice, but the ambiance sucks because it is a bunch of like 20, early 20s, blonde, white women who are hammered drunk and taking, it's like a dark bar. They're taking a lot of like cell phone light selfies that are just, and they're sitting right next to us and they're yelling as loud as they can and talking. And then we go to look at these cocktails. None of them sound good. You know, like all of them are like, it's, it's, uh, it's whiskey and uh, coffee grounds and a banana split and a tangerine. And you're like, I don't, what? I don't want all of that stuff. And just give me, can I just have, or it's like, oh, you want tequila and uh, the tongue of a shoe and licorice. And you're like, nobody wants these things, man. Just fucking, you know. And so all of the drinks, one of the drinks, the only drink that sounds good is $23 for a cocktail, $23. So Erica goes to the server, which I love this about her. She just goes, I can't in good conscience, uh, pay $22. So can you justify to me why this would ever be worth that money? And the woman goes, oh, it comes in like a really cool cup. Okay. And she goes, do you get to keep the cup? And she goes, no, no, no. The cup's like $16 if you want to buy it afterwards. And she goes, okay, cool. Well, I'm never doing that. And then I'll just, and then we, then both of us decide, you know what? We're going to leave. We're not even going to stay at this bar. We're going to get up and go because we're not having a good time. And as we're getting up to go, the server comes like, again, they come right over to us and like, what do you guys want? And I panicked and just ordered a drink and Erica ordered a drink and they were fine. You know, it was not worth the, th oh, and here's the other thing the bar did. They added an automatic 20% gratuity to every bill, which it's like, listen, if you want to do that at restaurants, I get it. I'll go with you on that. 20% tips on $18 cocktails for bartenders. It's a lot. You know what I mean? Like if you get a drink, what are you tipping? One, two, three dollars a drink if you're like a good guy. 20% of every single drink that you get, it's, it's a, it fucking adds up, Nicole. Have you ever tipped 20% to a bartender every drink you've had? No, absolutely not. I'm like a one, two, or three guy as well. Yeah, it's crazy. So that was so that pissed us off even more or whatever. But again, first night, great night, terrific time. Um, Saturday comes, and we do a lot. Now we could do some exploring. We're getting excellent coffee. That's one thing, Seattle, you really know what you're doing. Seafood and coffee, you fucking, you kill it. So we get excellent lunch. We, we walk all down by the water. It's gorgeous. Um, and... What's funny, we also drank the bottle of Dom Perignon and then just kind of fucking bubbled around the city, which is very fun to do. That's what I would recommend. Get drunk and walk around the city. Um, but Which is going to be very ironic for the next thing that I'm going to say, which is that it was also SantaCon that day, which I thought they only did in New York, but apparently now they do in Seattle too. If you're not familiar, SantaCon is where a bunch of people under 25 uh, go dressed up in full Santa outfits and they go bar crawling in the middle of the day and within hours it becomes just a violent drunk mass of people crying and throwing up and fist fighting elves and just all just it's all hell and we were walking past this bar near where all of the Santa one of the Santa con stops were and it said uh, there's a big sign on the front door that says Santa con not welcome it said, which is so great because I think that's like the last 
universally accepted discrimination that's allowed. You know what I mean? Like 50 years ago, that sign would have been very different. You know what I mean? But now it's just like Santa God not welcome. And everyone's like, I agree. Keep them out. Not in my country. You know, like they all just are like, all of us were like, I wanted to go in there and support that place because they wouldn't let the SantaCon people in. That's how excited that I was about it. Have you ever been in, done SantaCon, Nicole? No, it looks terrifying. I have no interest to do that. Yeah, I was, um, I was not, you know, I was not into it. So, um, but whatever. So, we have a great day. We do a whole day where we essentially get day drunk and then sober up and then, you know, oh, we didn't even sober up actually because we had a we went to the the place where we were staying. They had this cocktail bar on the top floor that was like one of the best cocktail bars in Seattle. So we got these excellent drinks. We had these free drink coupons. We had these amazing like just delicious cocktails. You think I made them. They were delicious and I, you know, we drink those. We go to the club. Show number 3 uh again Everybody was like either owned a software company or owned Twitter or something. And there was one guy that I talked to. Um, I don't know if it was the third show or the second show, but he was a Russian, a guy from a Russian immigrant who works for Facebook. And you're like, come on, man. What? Like, that is so on the nose. You know what I mean? With like Russia manipulating elections and stuff. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I work for the Facebook. Like he's, he was very, and all of us were looking around like, should we be concerned about this? Is this like a whistleblower situation, you know? And uh, it was it was very funny because I'm like, I like how you're just here long enough to gather information to take it back to the goddamn motherland, you know, or whatever it was. But um, there was another great show where it was it was so packed. And then the fourth show comes, last show of the weekend. And that show is a show that I will remember for a very long time, I think. It was just like the second show uh, of the first night. It was smaller audience. This one might have even been smaller. There might have been like only like 40 people at this show, right? And right away, as they're letting people in, people are doing shots in the bar before going into the showroom. And you're like, this is, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be a fucking knife fight for me. So... I walk up there with a stool and a fucking lasso to try and, you know, a whip to try and be a lion tamer for 40 minutes. And I brought, once I saw how drunk they were for the first two comedians, I went, I was going to bring one white claw onto the stage with me. I got a second one because I'm like, I'm going to need this to get through this. And of course, that was one of the shows that had like a handful of Irish goodbye listeners. And here's the scenario, listeners at Patreon members. It's like, they always come to the small, mighty shows of full of drunks where I have to fight people. They never come to the ones where it's packed and everything goes according to plan. Just know the other shows, I sold more tickets. I had a bonus. You know, it, life was good. Um, so I'm on stage and it's just immediately a knife fight. Just people yelling and fucking trying to talk over me. And it's just, I. but again, they don't understand. These are fucking Seattle software engineer Tesla drivers. I come from fucking Long Island, all right? I do stand up in New York and goddamn New Jersey. I know how to, you know, I know how to deal with a rowdy room, okay? So I just start punching them in the mouth with jokes and crowd work and shit. And um, they bought me uh, two shots of tequila when I was on stage. They bought me a shot of tequila. And uh, so I take it on stage. And I even said to them, I was like, normally a comedy club, when someone buys you a shot, I don't want to ruin the illusion, but a lot of times the comedy clubs will give you water and be like tequila or they'll give you Coke instead of whiskey or something. And then the comedian just pretends like they were. Sh no, this was tequila. This was absolutely tequila in its full, full amount. And uh, after that, I was like, this show is going to be different now. Anything I had planned is done. And now it becomes this. And so I'm talking to people and. There's this one dude in the front that I got into it with who had just again is like the classic like I don't have a problem with this guy, but I want to try and flex on him and see if I can, you know, if I can be the, the, the alpha in this situation. So at one point I'm in between jokes and he points to my sneakers and he goes, man, you got Jordans on as a white guy. Fuck you. And I just fucking immediately, like, just the tequila snapped in me. I look at him. He is wearing 
fucking like dockers that go up to his ankles. He's wearing boat shoes with no socks. I go, you're wearing boat shoes with no socks as a black guy. Fuck you. And then that gets a laugh. And then he and then he goes, oh, yeah, well, you have a tiny dick. Fuck you. And I go, "Okay, you have a giant dick. Fuck you. And then he's like, my man. And then like comes up and like high fives me and does this all this. stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What is happening right now? This guy literally just was like, I'm going to start a fight with this guy and see if he could pull it off. And he does. And now he's my boy. And after he took like 37 pictures with me after the show and was like, is the greatest thing I've ever been to. And it is literally, it felt like the whole crowd was shit faced and feeding me alcohol to be like, let's see if he could do it. And now walk this high wire. And the whole time, I was just being like, this is unbelievable. It was unbelievable, you know? But we had, uh, like I said, we had some people come out that were great. And uh, there was, there was, uh, I, met, I met Anthony, uh, who was, who, you know, who listens to the podcast, who uh, came out to say it was his birthday. A lot of birthdays that weekend at the show, which was kind of fun. But yeah, it was a real, Nicole, if you were there, it would have given you anxiety just, just being in the area. It sounds like it, yeah. The... SantaCon along with all the drunk people is kind of like my worst nightmare. Well, I had asked, I go, was it, are you, any of you go to SantaCon? They're like, what's that? And I'm like, forget it. Like, it's like, I can't even, you don't even know what it is, man. Like, I don't know. But Seattle was great. And then the next day, you know, we had to leave already. It was a quick, quick trip. But um, on the way back was just, I've been having, and I talked about this on the way to St. Martin, I've been having hell going there. Flight delays, issues, pre-check, all that other stuff. By the way, we found out the story of why Erica's pre-check wasn't working. Remember we talked about that on the way to St. Martin? They just wouldn't give her pre-check. Turns out um, she reapplied for it in August and it's still pending. So she just expired. So that's why she couldn't use it. Uh, So, you know, not as much of them being assholes as just us not doing our due diligence. But regardless, the way home, fucking flawless. We, you know, we signed up for that clear thing. So they just walk you right through. They punch everybody that's in, in front of you in line out of the way. They step on a kid's throat. They push you right to the front of the line. We get in there in two seconds. And then we go into the Centurion Lounge. Nicole. Have you ever been in a Centurion Lounge? What does that even mean? Oh, boy, boy. So there's levels to this, okay? There is the, in airports, they have various lounges you can go and enjoy free food and alcohol. So you have the priority lounges. That's like the lowest level. That's the coach of, of, of lounges where it's a free-for-all. If you have, if you have TSA pre-check, you can get in there and you can get in there and it's just as like grab whatever you can. You get some free drinks, but it's there's no place to sit. It's, it's pandemonium. There's kids screaming. Then the level above that is Delta Sky Club. If you can get into the Sky Club, that's nicer. It's a very it's a lot quieter. It's sleeker. It's more fashionable. They also have hot buffet, cold buffet. Give you some cocktails. And then above that is the American Express Centurion Lounge, which I just went in for the first time. And I'm going to change my traveling habits now to work around the Centurion lounges because there's only like nine of them or 10 of them across the world. But they are, there's one in JFK that has like a fucking secret speakeasy that's like a library inside of it. It's, like, it's unbelievable. It's, you know, and it's like these really high-end cocktail bars that also give you hot and cold buffets and they make you wait until they have a seat ready for you. So you don't just go in there and stand with your bags. They reserved like a whole couch for Erica and I. They have showers and massages you could get and all this other stuff. So we're sitting there, we're just filling up on food. I'm drinking just as many cocktails as I could possibly throw down before our fight. We had two hours there. So we're just boozing it up. I'm having Cadillac margaritas with all the top shelf stuff. Life is good. Life is grand. And then we get back. Uh, we go back into the the airplane and... We have a woman that has a cat next to us and a cute little cat who kept crying, but it was cute because it was a cat. And uh, we just got drunk and I watched that movie Stillwater. Super depressing. Don't watch that on a plane if you're drinking and don't want to be in a sad, sad mood because that movie, um, 
Real bummer, actually, is the way I would. Have you seen Stillwater, Nicole, with Matt Damon? No. What full circle moment that you watched that on a plane after that guy didn't finish it on the plane? Yes. Maybe that's why I watched it. And by the way, that movie, well over two hours. Long movie. How fucking dare that guy? Having watched Stillwater. Oh, I'm remembering now that you're saying this, Nicole. Having watched Stillwater, how dare that guy? The first hour of that movie. Not enough has happened. There's no way, assuming, I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he saw the movie and just wanted to see the first half again. Nothing happens in the first hour that's enough for him to be like, that's all I wanted to see and I'm good. I, if anything, that would drive me crazy that he, that he missed out on the end of that movie. But goddamn, still water. But yeah, thank you everybody that came out in Seattle. So much fun. Uh, I'll be back again. I really loved laughs. That was such a good time. They were awesome. Like I said, got to hit a nice bonus. They treat you right there. So go support that club if you're in Seattle. And uh, also you can support me by coming to see my other live dates, MikeFeeneyComedy.com. Uh, I'm going to be a Mohegan Sun for New Year's Eve, but I would love for you to buy tickets if you're in the Boston area or know anybody around the Boston area. Come to Laugh Boston, uh, January 20th. Tickets are on sale right now. You can get them on my website or at LaughBoston.com. Let's fill that bad boy up. I'm only doing one show. Let's pack it out. Like I said, never did comedy in Boston. Want to sell some tickets to this. Want to make a good impression because I've heard great things about that club. Let's just don't wait. Even if you're like, I'm definitely coming to that. Do me a favor. Buy tickets now. Everybody buys tickets like 48 hours beforehand. And then I have a panic attack every single time being like, no one's coming to the show. And then it ends up filling out, which is nice. But just go ahead and buy them ahead of time. Just buy them fucking ahead of time. And then that's it. So uh, you can do that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker is, uh, is where I do my streaming. I'm playing all the time now with Shuli and Sagalo and Ian. Fidance is returning to the stream. So you got to get on that. So just, uh, yeah, follow me on that. And what else? What else? At I am Mike Feeney across social media. And you can watch my special, Rage Against the Routine. Check that out on YouTube for free. And also, hey, thanks to everybody on YouTube who have subscribed to the YouTube channel if you're watching that right now on Tuesday. Hi, how are you? If you're watching it, um, I appreciate it. I just got my like year-end review. I had over 1.4 million minutes watched on my channel in 2021, which I don't know how to gauge that across against anything else, but it sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot of minutes that people have watched of my nonsense in the last year. So again... Thank you very much for doing that. Um, that's really cool. And just keep subscribing, telling some friends about the podcast. Leave us a review if you haven't on iTunes, yada, yada, yada. Nicole, where can people find you? My Instagram is Nicole C. Lyons. Mm. That's all. And also, you had one million minutes. I just put this in a calculator to see how many days that is. 1.4 million. What? All right, let me update this. Hold on. 1,400,000. That is one million four hundred thousand and then the minutes. <laughs> that is around nine hundred and seventy-two days straight of watching would be what those minutes wow. equal. I mean, look at that. Look at that. I mean, how I you know, that's crazy. I don't even understand logistically how that happens unless my videos are my videos aren't even getting like tens of thousands of views each. I don't understand it, but hey. I ain't gonna argue with it, buddy. The money's rolling right in. <laughs> $60 at a time. Um, so that's that, and that's great. And I had something else that I wanted. I had a whole, I'm like, I'm gonna go right into this after the thing is over. And now, I don't know where it is. So let me see if I can find it again. I like this pad, though. I do like thumbing through this. This does feel good. Nope, it's not any of these. It's none of this stuff. It's none of this stuff at all. God damn it, Nicole. While you're looking for it, should I tell you about the thing that happened to me last week? Yes, please. It's very quick. Great. So I unpacked my backpack to go home for Thanksgiving and took out all the stuff out of it that I thought I couldn't fly with, lighters, shit like that, um, and just put it all in my drawer. Uh, when I came home and I was unloading my drawer, um, I opened my drawer and immediately everything was wet. And I was like, did my hand sanitizer explode? Like, what's going on? And my throat immediately closed, and I realized that I maced myself. What? You have mace? I had it in my backpack, and I you forgot. You brought mace on a plane? No, I took it out of my backpack and put it in my drawer, and when I came oh. home and opened the drawer, I maced myself. Uh, I'm still having difficulty. So the mace, what kind of container is the mace? In like an aerosol spray, right? Yes. So you just reached... 
so aggressively into your drawer that you were holding down the nozzle, spraying it, or it was leaking? It must have gotten, like, as I was pulling it open, must have gotten bumped by something because it spritzed. Oh, my God. So, and it, your throat closed. Did your eyes start to water? Well, the second my throat closed, I was like, oh, fuck, I just maced myself 100%. I forgot it was in there. <laughs> and then I was in the, my roommate was sitting just outside of my room. We were ha- actively having a conversation. And I go, oh, fuck. She was like, what? I was like, I just maced myself and like sprinted out into the living room. Oh, my God. What about your your rats? I know. I, I got very concerned for him, but he's fine. All was well. And it was just a, a mild mace. But we just like opened the window. <laughs> mild mace? We opened the windows and everything was fine. But then my fingers were just like tasted like pepper for like a week. <laughs> That's good. Though you could just put it on seasoning a little bit, you know? I guess so. But then I felt like I couldn't touch my rat at all because I was scared. This is true. This is true. Yeah, you can't touch. I mean, you can't. Not, I mean, no offense, fuck the rat. I mean, you can't touch your eyes, your face, your ass. Anyway, oh, yeah. You can't touch anything. That too. And I also wear contacts. So at, at, oh, after I perfect. maced myself, I was yeah. like, I think it's been enough time. Like I washed my hands like five times. It's been like a few hours. I could probably take out my contacts. False. False burned? Really bad. Ah, have you ever maced anybody? Have no. you ever had to use the mace? I don't even know how to use it. Hilarious. I just had it in my backpack, like in case of emergencies, never bothered in- to figure out how to use it so it wouldn't even be effective and then just maced myself. I do like that in case of emergencies, you have it deep in your <laughs> yeah. backpack in case there's a threat on the horizon Can't access that it. you can ocularly assess with your contacts from that far away and be like, this might be a threat. Let me put my bag down, unzip it, go through all, get the laptop and everything out of the way, get to the bottom of it, and then read the directions as they're sprinting towards me like a zombie and I am legend. Exactly. All right. This is also the first time I think I've the drink has been finished at the halfway mark. So I'm, I'm going to be cooking. I feel good. I want like three more of these. Um, you know what? I also realized because it's Christmas, Nicole, mm-hmm. we, and because I'm Santa, as you know, Nicole, I am Santa, correct? <laughs> In this situation? Yeah. I am confirmed. So if I'm Santa, that means I got to at least do something Santa-like, right? So why don't I start giving out some gifts, okay? Why don't I do that as Santa? You're the only one here right now. So I'm going to have to give you a gift, Nicole. And you just talked about how you're not good at receiving gifts. So I wish that we had a, a multicam to show on you for this reaction, okay? I think Santa might have gotten you a gift for Christmas, Nicole. Oh, well, I was going to give Santa his gift next week when we're all with the other elves. That's fine. But this is specifically for this, for this show. Oh, well, I so do not plan. Don't worry about that. Uh, well, that's why. Santa's, Santa, that's what Santa does. He's sneaky, okay? So, Nicole, let me just see if maybe in my, in my Santa bag here, which doubles as my Santa hat, if I have something for you. Uh, there might be something in here, Nicole. Do me a favor, Nicole. Reach in here. And grab out what what the the gift that's in here is from, it going to be like a little critter like from I'm scared Santa, yes to reach I have in there. I have lice Ratatouille. I have lice in my head that have been doing this Nicole go ahead and reach in and grab it out and then go back to the mic and say what you got say what it is from Santa let's do it um fix your hair but also Uh-oh. I um before I look into this has this item been sitting on your head the whole time. I guess so, but that was just Santa's magic, so it might have just been there. What is it, Nicole? So scared. What'd you get, Nicole? Ew, what is it? What'd you get for Christmas, Nicole, from Santa? <laughs> is this jerky? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Throw it back over here. I'll show the people on camera. Nicole, <laughs> Nicole throws it away. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Camo croquis for Nicole. She has to wear them every episode now. With We're no get, sunglasses. No sunglasses. Sunglasses provided separately. I'll switch you. I'll switch you back. You got camo croquis. Wow, that's fucking perfectly. But did you steal them? Otherwise, it doesn't count. Maybe I did steal them, but also Santa's pure of heart, so he wouldn't steal them. So Nicole, you got camo croquis now. You don't have to ever worry again about where they were. You said you missed them. Now you got your own <laughs> pair. I? Nicole, camo croquis, lions, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Again, Santa. if we had a second pair, of, if we had a second camera, this would have been a much better reveal, I think. But um, I'm going to put them great. on. This I is my it. festival outfit this is it you teased at the beginning this is it camo croquis nicole we got it we're cooking i would have totally forgot to do that so thank god you brought up something that reminded me of that in the middle that would just sat in my hat for the next few months um 
Yeah, and then it would have been odd if you took off your hat at the end of this and the croquis just fell out and I watched that happen. With yeah. No explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that. That's a fun little Christmas thing to do. Uh, I think that Nicole's genuinely putting <laughs> them on right now with no glasses. There I don't are even no glasses. I just wear it as a choker. No, just steal them. Just put them in your body. <laughs> I wear them as a choker. Um, it's great. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I'll say this. Anytime we do any live podcast from now on, you got to have them on with with just a pair of like Blues Brothers sunglasses. That'll be that'll be the move. So um, uh, so the person who said the C in Nicole C. Lye and Samson Camo Crokies, that's what started this whole gift idea was just she's got to have a pair of Crokies and they got to be camo and they got to be for Nicole. And that's it. So. We did that, and uh, we're going to do a whole little Christmas thing on Here's a Scenario, which is hilarious because we already missed the Christmas window of when it's coming out, so it's going to be a delay. The whole the whole schedule's off for that, but uh, we'll figure that out. That's a different show and a different problem. Also, I didn't even plug that. Check here's check out Here's a Scenario and the Patreon, patreon.com slash scenariopod, where we also get into, uh, I do a bonus episode of Snarky talking about a bunch of other stuff, so that's fun. And let's talk about a few more things before we get uh, before we close out. And you can send... Your uh, rant topics, any of that stuff, to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. Send topics that annoy you, things that you think might annoy me, stories, all that stuff. Send them in. Um, tell me if you think this is something that we could do, Nicole. And I, I did this, and I've tested it out a couple times. But if you're in a group with two other people, right? Let's say you're standing, it's the three of you, and you're arguing with one of the person, right? Well, one of the people. Um, here's a move I like to do to get that third person. Because if you're in an argument and there's two people, so Brendan, Mike, and I constantly are in this dynamic where one of two of us are fighting and the goal is not to win the argument. The goal is to turn that third party onto your side. So it's a constant tug of war with the third person. So some little tricks that I've done, and I think you guys can do it with you. So let's say you're in a group. Let's say... Mike and I are in an argument, right? About who care about camo croquis. And I say they're awesome and he says they're lame. What I will do sometimes, and what you should do is you wink secretly at the third person, the impartial person. You just give them a little like, dude, you're so wrong. Camo croquis are the best. And then you go like this to the third person. Now, they'll agree with you 99% of the time because they think like, oh, this is a joke. You're just messing with him, so I'll go along with the joke because you winked at me, and that's a universal symbol for go along with me, this is a joke. And then the beautiful part here is you're actually messing with the winky. You're messing with the person who receives the wink, and that way you win the fight. The person you've just manipulated into agreeing with you to win the fight, so you're fucking with them on top of it. So it's kind of a win-win for you, and that's kind of like part of my masterclass negotiating tactics uh, and business strategy platform. Nicole, do you think there's any validity to this tactic? Oh, yeah, 100%. I've seen it play out live, but I think <laughs> it's like weighed unevenly to you and Brendan doing this to Mike. Oh, yeah. Well, when Mike, when Brendan and I do it to Mike, it's really funny because we'll just have just, uh, we don't even need to wink. We just do side eyes at one another. And then it becomes a game of we're not even listening to what Mike says. We just have to try not to laugh while checking in with each other as much as possible, which Mike will see. He will see it and he will get very mad very quickly. And, um, and then that's, that's the fun. Um, because he eventually does a what is happening, that kind of a thing. And it's a real, it's a real great time. So, um, what else do we got here? Oh, uh, I was thinking about how, you know, how everyone claims to be, everything's PC, everybody's so sensitive, blah, 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 blah. And I really got to thinking about it. And I, I think we might actually be less sensitive now than we ever were in human history. Because people are like, oh, everyone's a snowflake, or people on Twitter, they'll cancel you for anything, or word you say. But if you think about like what it used to take to get into a fight back in the day, like it was so benign. Like the words that people would say, like you could be like, you're not honorable. And people would be like, that's it, I challenge you to a duel. And they would fight to the death like someone be like, you're a silly ninny. And they're like, draw your sword, you know? And then they would just stab each other 
because of just because someone was not honorable or a silly ninny, you know? Or then in the 30s, they're like, you're a little taffy head, see? Or whatever it is. And then they're like, well, well I'll fix it. I'll put a hurting on you or whatever they do. And uh, and there was just a duel and everyone's... Now it's like the stuff that I've been called on Reddit this week alone, like, would be... I would have to kill hundreds of people, I think. Like, there's just no... There's no way. I don't know. What do you think, Nicole? Is there any validity to this? I'm just yes. going to keep asking you the validity to my things. I'll always validate you. Thank but you. But also, this reminds me of, like, have you ever looked at, like, Shakespearean insults? Like, those just bizarre things from any Shakespeare of, like, when people are dissing each other? No, tell me. Do you I have just, any? I just looked up a list so that I could read some to you if Excellent. you're interested. Oh, my God. I just did the Mr. Burns. <laughs> Excellent. I did it with the fingers, too. I went, Excellent. Like that. That's how excited I was. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, the title of the article is The 25 Best Shakespearean Insults, and then in quotes, Thou Cream-Faced Loon. <laughs> loon was such a slam back then. Like, if you said loon, because loon just means crazy. And, like, if there's one, if there's one thing you want to do to piss off a woman, call her crazy, okay? Because, uh, you know, even if the woman isn't crazy, you want her to go crazy. Call it crazy. Watch what happens. It's kind of a relax or a why don't you. It's like when a woman says to a guy, why don't you calm down? Like that, the thing that will always do the opposite. Call a woman crazy, see what happens. But back then, cream faced loon is pretty great. I mean, that is like there's so many layers. I love that it's like you're 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 making fun of their skin complexion, I get. They stay out of the sun a lot. I mean, I I oh, I love it. Go ahead. Um, this one is almost a direct quote from Legion of Skanks. Away, you three-inch fool. <laughs> three, do you think that was, that was like the three-inch was about the, the dick? It could be. It's from The Taming of the Shrew. You three-inch fool. But maybe they meant like, you're so small, you're, but no, they probably meant dick. They definitely meant dick. Okay. You three-inch fool. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thou art a boil, a plague sore, an embossed carbuncle. That's great. That that's a, that actually made me like wince a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that that made me calling someone a boil or like you know it, like calling someone a a pus filled pimple. It's like ew, you know. It just makes you like get so like weirded out. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna start getting a little more. I'm gonna start calling a pustule maybe or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. That's vile. Here's another one. She is spherical like a globe. I could find out countries in her. Wow. I think I think that was a Bismarck key line, actually. I think that's what he had said <laughs> at, in one of his songs. Round. She's as round as a globe. What was it? She's as spherical. Spherical as a globe. I like that that. Even back then, they knew the earth wasn't flat. They were, and they knew it wasn't a circle. It was an oblate, oblate spheroid or something like that. And they were like spherical, as we all know, because we know what the actual shape is. And I could find countries in her. I like that. As if you do enough digging, you know? All right. Very sexual. Keep going. Um, I really love this one and would like to use it in everyday life. Out of my sight, thou dost infect my eyes. Oh, I like that. You just, you're, you're fucking dust infect. I don't like the dos. I'm going to get that out of there. But I do like the... You're infecting my eyes. I would probably add like a real mean thing and be like, you're infecting my eyes with your ugliness, you know, or something like that. But I don't even mean like, I like to insult people. I, I find if you really want to break somebody down, don't worry about the physical appearance because they've most likely heard it before. You know, if somebody's overweight, it's like, what is calling them fat going to do? You're just a piece. And they've heard that a million times. It doesn't hurt. You got to call them something that hurts them deep into their soul. You know, like you have to say like, you, you go to a beautiful, like a beautiful woman who's a nightmare or something like that and be like, your personality is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life and it is why you will die alone. And then you just walk away and then they melt back into a pumpkin or whatever it is. I don't know what they do, but it, it hurts. It definitely hurts. It hurts to say, so I know it hurts to receive, you know? <laughs> All right, let's do a couple more. Peace, yay, fat guts. Peace? Like, like, fucking peace, fat guts? <laughs> deuces, fat guts. I love that. I mean, deuces, fat guts is gonna be how I sign off on every phone call, no matter how important, no matter how many industry are on the line. 
Comedy Central, yeah, yeah, we're all set. Let's lock in the deal. Peace, fat guts. And then just fucking deuce, give them the deuces and walk out of there. I mean, hell yeah. I love that. And for this one, I'd love to know what you think this could possibly mean. There's no more faith in thee than in a stewed prune. Now, this is why I hate Shakespeare and can't read Shakespearean time things because every sentence reads like that and I have to reread every sentence 46 times as if I'm deciphering some cryptic ancient code that's going to lead me to the, you know, the national treasure or something like that. Like what? I had to crack a Da Vinci code in order to understand. Say that one again. Um, let me scroll back. Where did it go? Oh, there's no more faith in thee than in a stewed prune. So there's no more faith in you than a stewed prune. So a stewed prune and you have the same amount. I have the same amount of faith in either of you in that neither of you could do any sort of job. It's a little wordy. You know, it's a, you don't want to thinker too much with, uh, with slams, you know? You want to just get your slams Right there, right in your face. Just fucking hit it. Um, all right, let's do one more. That's a, this has been a fun little... Let's let's go back to fucking... Let's earmark this as a fun segment idea of just fucking, you know... How to insult sha- your friends. Yeah, Shakespeare slams, you know, and that kind of stuff. Let's do it. All right. Last one. You have such a February face, so full of frost, of storm, and cloudiness. Wow. Maybe my favorite... I mean... Peace, fat guts is the best, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's so good. The fat guts, I might have to, I'm writing it down so that I commit it to memory for the rest of my life. But you have such a February face, it says, mm-hmm. full of frost. And what was the rest of it? So full of frost of storm and cloudiness. Love that. I mean, think about, that's something you could, if, if, if someone says that to you, you unpack that for two weeks afterwards. I mean, first off, February, shittiest month of the year. Every human being knows it. So already, slam. Like, if you were like, your personalities of February, I'd be like, ah, ah, it would hurt so bad to hear. And then your face is so full of frost and, was it stormy clouds? He definitely didn't say stormy <laughs> clouds, but something like that, right? Of storm and cloud. Of storm cloudiness. and clouds. I mean, it just says you're like, just to hammer home the point that it's a shitty thing. You're such a shitty person. I mean, I love that. I love that. This is great. And um, this whole thing, what a great, what a fun episode. This has really flew by. Um, so, you know, thank you everybody for watching the show. And remember, if you're from Jersey, keep it to your fucking self, huh? All right. Uh, I, guys, I hope you had a, uh, I hope you have a great holiday. Hope you had a great Hanukkah. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. And we'll see you back next week for the uh, a New Year's episode, I guess. And then we're gonna we might start out the year with a drunk cast. So we'll fucking see what happens. But uh, until then, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>